leader. And I was just figuring out today, this is very close to the beginning of my 25th year in Overeaters Anonymous. Um, I'd like to start with a little what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. Um, I was one of those chubby kids. Um, and my one of my aunts put me on a diet when I was 10 years old. And I struggled with my weight all through my teen years. Um, and then during um, the summer of uh, between my senior year in high school and my freshman year in college, I just miraculously started to lose weight. Uh, I attributed that to something that my parents left home and left me alone in the house. And they had been uh, as thoughtful as they could be, but they their own relationship was very tenacious and very, uh, I referred to them as the Bickersons and they were arguing and fighting the whole time. But anyway, so I lost lost weight and my weight down to, went to fairly normal weight until uh, several years later when I got out of the army. I had been, uh, I served in the Peace Corps for a couple of years in South America and then I was in the army and I spent a year in Vietnam. And I'm one of those uh, compulsive overeaters who's also a member of the beverage program. I uh, have, you know, started basically, I think when I was in Vietnam, we were drinking every night. Uh, and then when I got home, that drinking continued and the eating. And I eventually went to work for the job with the state of California. And by 1998, I weighed about 400 pounds, and I spent my days sitting at my desk monitoring the candy bowl for the office and eating. And then as soon as I got off work, I would be at the bar drinking. And so it was the eating during the daytime at work and drinking at night. And this all came to a... I had tried to stop during 1989, and I had stopped. And I never got to OA that year, but I... Uh, I got went as far as to get a meeting list, and I found a meeting list from the 1980s in my file cabinet. I'm somewhat of a pack rat, and I never throw anything away, so I found that. And But by 1998, I was really at my bottom, and there's someone who's in this program who has heard me speak several times, and she says, never forget that part about what happened at Thanksgiving. So... Right before Thanksgiving, 1998, I had done my day at work. Was and that had gone. I stopped at the grocery store because I had was going to have people for Thanksgiving, and I had a couple bags of groceries. And I went to the bar and got fairly well drunk. And on the way home, I was trying to buy some drugs, and I got arrested. And I spent the night in at 8:50 Bryant Street, and. Uh, the part that my friend likes is when I was being released, my roommate came and bailed me out. And when I was being released at three in the morning, I refused to leave until they gave me my bags of groceries. So I walked out of the building with my bags of groceries and went up the hill. And this was Thanksgiving. By New Year's Eve, a friend of mine invited me to go to a clean and sober dance. And I went to the dance and I stopped drinking and I went into a drug and alcohol program at Kaiser. And as luck would have it, my counselor there was a member of OA. And she says, Larry, I think you have a problem with food. 
Uh, I said, oh, and she said, yes, you know, I weighed 400 pounds. It wasn't a big leap to figure that out. And so I went to my first OA meeting in the middle of January, 1999. And of the tools, the one tool that I heard that has stuck with me all those years was meetings. No matter what's going on, don't stop going to meetings. You go to meetings, whatever. And I would love to be one of those people that I walked into my first meeting and I was struck abstinent and I stayed on my food plan for the rest of my life. That's not my story. I went through a couple sponsors. My second sponsor suggested a food plan and I followed that food plan for a couple years and I lost like 150 pounds. Um, we had a party in the ways and I went for a while without a sponsor. And I had periods of where I was binging and, and then I'd go back, but I never ever stopped going to meetings because at meetings, thank you, at meetings, every time I walked into a meeting, I found hope. And hope is one of the things that uh, keeps me going. And um, so I got involved with, with OA. I worked on the Sounds like this is a hundred years ago, but I worked on the 2000 convention, which was held in San Francisco and met a lot of people, made a lot of friends who are still my friends today. And um, like I said, it's not been a particularly straight line and I've had some health issues, but I never went back to where I was. I never went back to the eating. I never went back to the drinking. Um, the eating in the in the way I had been eating when I came in. Occasionally, like I say, I have a slip, or sometimes I refer to them as a little binge yet. And I think that these, uh, I, I think of this as God's way of tapping me on the shoulder and saying, you're still a compulsive overeater. Don't get too full of yourself. Don't get too cocky about your food plan because that's still, that still happens. And the interesting thing is that foods that I used to just Crave, I don't crave anymore. My cravings are for something like, currently the thing that tempts me the most is something crunchy and salty. And as luck would have it, I had um, a procedure in actually right after Thanksgiving where they went in and did some work on my heart. And I'm now on a low sodium, low fat diet from my heart care. And so this this crunchy salty just doesn't work as much, as attractive as it sounds, and unsalted food is something that I'm I'm getting used to. But during this time, like I said, I've made friends, I have sponsored, and I have sponsored people, and I have had I've had several different sponsors, and I always felt when I'm sponsoring someone, kind of like. I don't want to say a fraud, but something like I'm doing something wrong because I'm getting as much out of it as the person I'm sponsoring. And sometimes I think maybe more because going over with someone and trying to uh, help them. My idea of sponsoring is to help someone find what works for them. Uh, I did have a sponsor who said, this is what you're going to eat. And I did that for a while and it worked for me. But I think everybody's, in my opinion, everybody's disease is different. It has different origins. It has different things. And the way you come to come to recovery is not all the same. It's not one 
cookie cutter, as it were. Yeah, cookies were a thing for me too. So anyway, I always said I never met a cookie I didn't like, unfortunately. Um, but sponsoring has been a, a a big part of my recovery. And like I said, I've had sponsors. And one of the hardest things I did when I was first in, in program was firing my sponsor. Uh, it just wasn't working for me. And then someone came up to me at a meeting and said, you don't have a sponsor, do you? I'll sponsor you. And I said, okay. And so for the next few years, this person sponsored me. And it was uh, it was very beneficial. I had a lot of weight loss. I had a lot of recovery. But And working the steps, for me, the first three steps were not the most difficult. I'd been a church goal my whole life. So turning my will over to God was not, not difficult. Admitting that I had a problem with food and I was out of control was not difficult. I get to step four and the first time I did step four, it took me months, but it was probably the best thing that I've done. Step four and five for me were the real turning points in my recovery. Uh, at the time, I was working in a job where I traveled a lot. So I got a notebook. I took the OA 12 by 12 and an egg timer with me. And I would get up in the morning in some hotel someplace. I would set the timer for 10 minutes and I would answer those gazillion questions in the OA 12 by 12 as doing my tw fourth step. Um, and it took a long time. It took like four months for me to go through. And then my sponsor and I went to the beach. Thank you. And I read back what I had written to her. And that was the most amazing afternoon I think I've spent in recovery. The interesting thing too was that when I was reading these back, some of the questions I'd answered twice, not realizing it, and the answers were not exactly the same. But after I finished it, we went out on the beach because we went to the beach to read this. We went out on the beach and I tore my notebook up and burned it. I do not recommend this because then when it came to the seventh and eighth and ninth steps, I had to go back and reconstruct some of that. Burn something, but don't burn your fourth step because you'll need it later on. I learned that the hard way. But what was interesting, after that afternoon, I came home and for the first time in years, I just lay down and I slept. I was emotionally exhausted, but I was emotionally free. And that first fourth step was just the most cleansing thing that I've done and fourth, fourth and fifth step in the program. And I went back and I did then a fourth step around my nuclear family, my two sisters, my brother, my mother, my father, which was also revealing um, and helpful but that first four step was the thing that really I think I really realized at that point how this program worked and how it was working for me and how the steps worked and then I went on to do the other steps and when I made my list of people I owed amends to and I went over that with my sponsor and she had me explain why I owed amends to each of the people on that list and some of them says no you really don't you take them off 
And then at the end, she says, you have to put one more name on that list and you have to put your own name on that list because you owe amends to yourself. And that was a concept that I hadn't come in contact with, but I understand it more now as time goes on. And as much as I dreaded making amends and going to people and saying, I did this, I did that, and I'm, I'm sorry and everything like that, sometimes the results were more surprising than I cared to. I was just, it was, it was an amazing experience. Um, during the height of my, my overeating and everything, I had a friend who was a checker at a local supermarket that happened to be local, close to where I worked. Excuse me a minute, Mike. Um, and I would go into the store and he would maybe check only half the food that I had picked and you just give me the rest. And I, so of course I needed to make amends to that store. And I went to the store one day because it was someplace I shopped. And like I said, it was close to my office. And the lady was checking me out and there was another woman standing there in a business suit. And I said, excuse me, is that the manager? And the woman who was checking me out says, no, that's our bookkeeper. I'm the manager. I said, well, can I talk to you for a minute? And I started, you know, I said, I wanted to do this and do it. And before I got any way into my spiel, she says, oh, you're making amends. And I said, yes, what amend can I make? She says, you just did by telling my story to her. And that still makes, it makes me want to cry. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes when I think about that. And the other one was, my roommate, um, who I'd had for a long time, I said, well, you know, I know that when I was drinking, I was in this food, that I was really unruly and all this stuff. And he said to me, he said, well, actually, no, because you came home, you passed out. I never saw you. It was, well, it was okay. And I said, well, I'm not going to be doing this that, that much. But since then, I've had a lot of, um, like I said, I've been in program. This is the beginning of my 25th year. I've met a lot of people. My food plan has changed over the time, sometimes for health reasons, sometimes for not. But I've also, until the, um, until the pandemic, I was involved with service groups. I sat on um, um, <laughs> intergroup. And I once had the privilege of going to the World Service Conference in Albuquerque. If you ever get a chance to do that, it is really eye-opening because you'll see people literally from all over the world who are there with the same problem and are talking about it. Now, with our Zoom meetings and some of the Zoom meetings, we've had the privilege of having people come from across the uh, from around the world. And so you get a get a better sense of that. But the two things I remember most about that um, World Service Conference was they were working at the time on the um, Dignity of Choice pamphlet. And we, we discussed, not the pamphlet, we discussed a few sentences and a couple paragraphs in the pamphlet for a week before he came. And I thought, my God, how did they ever write these long books when it's it's they're really written by committee and it's a miracle that we we get them out. And the other thing, I had the privilege of meeting Roseanne and I was sitting at her table one night for dinner. And I have to admit, I was really watching what she ate. And uh, 
I couldn't help myself, but she was a very, very lovely, lovely woman. And just, it was, and I met people from all over and there was, a, we were sitting at this table having dinner and people were saying, oh, where are you from? And someone would say, well, I'm from Vermont. She says, oh, New England, moderation. They said, where are you from? I said, San Francisco. She said, steamed vegetables. <laughs> you know, it was like, I always think of it as meeting all these people from different areas that Overeaters Anonymous has a different flavor in different parts of the parts of the world, which is, I think, a very healthy thing. Um, and, you know, today I write my, my, my uh, every night I do, I'm a, you can't really see this, but it's a spreadsheet and I do my action items and I do my food for the next day and I send it to my sponsor in the night before I go to bed. And having a plan for me is uh, just proved far more helpful than not. Trying to do that, to to wing it as it were, just doesn't, doesn't work. So I have my plans. Sometimes something comes up and I have to change something on the plan or anything, but I have a basic plan for what I'm gonna eat for today. And I try, and with my sponsees, I try, let's not think about anything but today because this program is one day at a time. It's not like for the rest of my life, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. It's you do this and make your plan for today and follow your plan for the one day. And if I can stay in one day at a time, I do much better than trying to project out what it's gonna be like five years from now or a year from now or anything. So I wanna thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to share. I hope that I said something that was valuable to somebody other than myself and uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you.